thank you for tuning in to Acts to Life. And um, we're going to continue on in this episode of our Road the Hebron uh, episode. So this is part two. If you've not uh, heard part one, just go ahead and pause this episode um, and uh, go back, listen to part one, and then come back and, and, and we'll finish up. So here is part two. We just finished talking about David having that conviction of not touching God's anointed and how he cut the uh, fabric of Saul's garment and how he touched Saul's identity. And so he's convicted. He had to learn like, whoa, 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 I, I can't do this. That is not right. That Lord, forgive me. Then we get to 1 Samuel chapter 25. David had to learn to be humble and that God fights his battles. What happened, what was going on here was David and his men, you know, they're getting hangry. They're getting hungry here. And and so they was looking for food. Well, hey, here, here's a rich man that has um, a whole bunch of uh, uh, money. He's probably got a lot of crops, a lot of uh, cattle and so forth. Let's go and see if we can get some um, uh, food from him. And the man turned him down. David gets all heated up and blah, 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 I'm going to just stomp in there. I've got 600 men. We're just going to go in there and kill them all, and we're going to just take everything. Well, the man's wife, her name is Abigail. She loads up a, a mule uh, full of food and so forth, and she approaches David at night, and she bows herself before David and asks for mercy from David to spare her husband and to spare their household. And this was a humbling moment for David because, you see, David was anointed to be king. But you see, that doesn't mean he can't be humble. They did not give him an anointing to take from others. God did not want him to be a king like, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take that and I'm going to, well, I'm just going to, mm, hold up now. That, that is not what the anointing is for. The anointing is not there for us to like, well, I deserve this, and well, I need that, and well, I better get this, and and you better open the door for me, or you know, no. The anointing is there to also humble us, that, hey, I'm here to serve other people. And Abigail, when she bowed herself before David and asked for mercy, it opened up David's eyes and going, oh, I don't want to be that kind of king. I don't want to be that kind of leader. And so it, it, it humbled David. And here we come to the last few tests of David's life before he is crowned king. And some historians, you know, it's, it, there's no exact dates from everything that I was able to kind of put together. But some of the historians were saying that Saul was pursuing David for 15 years. Okay, that's a long time. And 1 Samuel chapter 26, Saul is, here he is, he's still chasing David. He's chasing David with 3,000 men. Well, Saul and his men, they, they fall asleep, and David and his closest friends enter into the camp. And these close friends of David says, man, David, this is a perfect opportunity. There's Saul's spear right beside him. It's just stuck in the dirt. And all we have to do is just move, you know, quote unquote, we got to move the spear just about a foot and all your problems will be solved. But David says, no, I, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. I, I, I'm not going to do it. Well, David, you don't have to do it. We'll do it for you. See, are, are we convinced 
to not touch God's anointed? Are we okay of allowing somebody else to touch God's anointed? See, David knew he couldn't touch God's anointed because we remember we, we was just a couple of chapters earlier about the conviction and uh, cutting off a little bit of um, uh, Saul's garment. And so David felt convicted. Oh, I can't touch it. But is he going to allow others? See, his men didn't have the same conviction that David did. These men are there. They're, they are distressed. They're in debt. They're discontented. They're willing to do it, especially for their great and awesome leader, David. Will you let those around you influence your perception of your authority? Who are you listening to? No doubt they have stories and maybe some good valid points. But you see, there is not an exception to touch God's anointed. We may not lay a hand on the anointed, but will we entertain the thought of someone else laying hand on God's anointed? David was anointed to be king, but not anointed to influence others to touch God's anointed. Let's skip to 1 Samuel chapter 27. And verse 1 says, And David said in his heart, I shall, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in, in any coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. Whoop, whoop, time out. David learned, okay, I can't touch God's anointed. I can't seem to escape from him. He's been chasing me for how many years now? And I told my men not to kill him, you know, because I would be guilty just the same as they would, you know, be, even though I didn't touch the spear. And he's going, well, there's nothing I can do. I was like, I'm just going to, he's going to kill me one day. I just know it. I, he's just going to kill me one day. But if I will escape into the land of the Philistines, then I'll escape his hand. And, and the Bible says, and David arose and he passed over with the 600 men that were with him unto Achish, the son of uh, uh, Maok, the king of Gath. And then we'll skip into verse 4. And it was told Saul that David was fled to Gath, and he sought him no more. Is it worth leaving your spiritual authority to gain favor with the enemy of our souls? Is God's anointed so harsh upon you that you would turn your back on God and his people? See, David, you are anointed to be king but you were not anointed to rebel. David didn't touch Saul. He, he forbade his men to touch Saul, but they came out from under the umbrella. Yes, we may not like this person over here that's in this position of authority, but you still have to respect the office. And David came out from under the authority of the office. And a side note here is that Gath, that David just ran to, is the hometown of Goliath. And Achish, the king, is most likely, from my study, to be the same king who sent Goliath in the first place. And then in verse 6, it says that Achish gave David Ziklag. So he gave him a place to dwell. And, and the Bible says that David stayed with them for a full year and four months. And in verse 12, Achish believed David that he's going to be faithful. And he said, He hath made his people Israel utterly to abhor him, 
Therefore, he shall be my servant forever. You see, freedom isn't free. You will always serve something or someone. And David, you are anointed to be king, but not anointed to afflict God's people. 1 Samuel chapter 28. Here is the the Philistines, Philistines, they are now gathering their armies together. They're going to fight against Israel. Catch this. They're going to fight against Israel. And David, you can look through this, and David says, Surely, uh, th- surely you'll know what I, your servant is going to do. And, and Achish says, Therefore will I make the keeper of mine head forever. David has now become the Goliath that he fought against at one time. Maybe not in stature, but David is now Achish's champion. Goliath was their champion before. Now their champion is David. David has now become the Philistines' champion like Goliath once was. See, the enemy always has a plan for your life too. And one thing I've told our young people this is is that the enemy will tell you, oh, well, you don't matter, or the pastor doesn't seem to care, or the youth pastor just kind of thinks you're a nobody, or the church people is like, they don't care who you are. And how come the church and the enemy would tell us, you know, that not the church tells us this, but the enemy tells us that the church says this to us, and the enemy tells us this and makes us think this, is that why are we so ins- insignificant? Why are we so just like a little pawn in the church realm, but yet still at the same time offers the world to us? Oh, well, you know, the church doesn't care about you being able to play a bass guitar. And oh, they don't even care that you're even there. They don't even miss you when you're uh, when you're not there. But you know what? If you start playing the bass guitar for this uh, a band over here and you start going into the bars and start playing there, well, you'll have your first CD in a matter of uh, a few months. Whoa, wait a minute. If if I don't matter, if I'm just this little pawn, if, I, if I'm just this little peon and, and nobody cares about me and I'm just like, well, then why are you offering me the world? If, if, if I'm really as, as small as you say I am, then why are you offering me all this fame and money and power and all this stuff of the world? That doesn't make any sense. Well, the Philistine leaders came to King Achish and was like, no, we don't want David and his men to fight beside us against Israel because David was willing to fight. And uh, they was like, no, we don't trust him because in the middle of battle, he'll probably turn on us because those are his people. And, and David hears about this, and in verse 8, he said unto Achish, But what have I done? And what hast thou found in thy servant so long as I have been with thee unto this day, that I may not go fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Oh, oh, time out. David just said, Why are you not allowing me to fight against your enemies, my lord the king? David is upset, obviously, but he is upset that Gath would not allow him to fight against Israel, his own people. And he called Achish his lord and king. Now, David, you are anointed to be king, but you are not anointed 
to choose your Lord and King without some price. You, you, you got your anointing from the Lord above, from Jehovah. That's where your anointing is. That does not give you the right of going, well, uh, God gave me this anointing, but I'm just going to use it over here and serve this, or I'm going to serve that. No, that's not how this works. That anointing is without repentance. That anointing, that gifting, that calling that God put upon your life and upon my life, it is to be used for God's glory and for the benefit of his people, not to be used against it. Will you stay submitted to the anointed even when you can't seem to escape? Will you stay submitted to the anointed, to your spiritual leader, when he seems to be after you? when you can't touch him and you can't influence other people to touch him. See, the de default of many people is the jump ship. If we can't control the situation, we abandon it. If I can't convince somebody to see it from my point of view, then I kind of basically defriend them. I shun them. If we can't agree with them, then, well, we can't be around one another. We can't be friends. If, if, if he, whoever he is, if he doesn't do it the way I see it, then I'm leaving. You see, gray, grass will always look greener on the other side. And jumping ship, just because your feet get wet? How many church hoppers are out there in these days? Well, I don't agree with this. Well, I don't see what I don't see the point of that. I don't like what I see. I don't like what I hear. I don't like what I feel. I don't like... Are we going to just jump ship every time something we see disagrees with us, rubs us a little bit the wrong way? We've got to stay submitted to the spiritual authority over our lives. And of course, 1 Samuel chapter 30. We know, A lot of us know the story about uh, David and Ziklag and how... While him and his men were off fighting some battles, the Amalekites came in and took Ziklag and took um, David's wives and, and then the men's families and the children and everything that they possessed. And David went and, and got the ephod, sought after the Lord, which far as I know, this is the first time David has even spoke to the Lord since he's been in the land of the Philistines. And he sought the Lord and says, hey, you'll go up and you'll recover all. And sure enough, they'll go. And the Bible says in verse 19, David recovered all. Here's the problem. We cannot entangle ourselves with other people's battles. David shouldn't have been in Gath in the first place. He shouldn't have been in Ziklag in the first place. But he involved himself in a battlefield not designed for him to fight. And the Bible talks about that God will not put more on us than what we can bear. But when we are totally feeling overwhelmed, when we are fighting, oh, I can't ever win this, oh, I can't, whatever. Could it be, not always the case, but could it be that we have taken on battles that we were not supposed to take? Are, are we in a battlefield that we should not have been in? And one thing that kind of comes to mind, and I'm not preaching against social media here, but 
something I have seen is that uh, people put all their business out on social media. They put it all out there, whatever. It's like, well, first of all, did you pray about this? You're like, oh, please pray for, pray for this. Oh, I'm going through this junk. You know, somebody call me. I need help. I need counsel. I need, oh. And I, 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 I've seen this over and over again on social media. All these people just jump on board. Oh, we're praying for you right now. We're interceding for you right now. Or, oh, I'm calling you right at this moment. We're going to get through this. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Time out. My first question is, did you pray about it? Because God put that in your life or you put that in your own life or whatever the case may be. Like, that's not my battle. And I'm all for interceding for other people. I'm all for that. We, we need to intercede for people. But when we start jumping into battles that was not designed for us, could it be that we are putting too much on ourselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally? David, you were anointed to be king, but not anointed to be savior. You were anointed to be king, but not anointed to be savior. We are not called to fix and be the answer to other people's problems. We want to have compassion. We want to be a friend. We want to pray for them, pray with them, but we are not their savior. I will pray with people but I, I, I'm not going to pray for them instead of them praying. Let's move on. First Samuel chapter 31. First Samuel chapter 31 is talking about the death of Saul and his sons by the hand of the Philistines. Remember that battle that David was wanting to get into and the, the leader says, no, you can't do it because we were afraid that you're going to turn on us in the middle of battle. Well, here's the battle. It killed King Saul and it killed his sons. They took the bodies and they put, a, put them on the walls of the temple of Ashtaroth. And there was some men that kind of snuck in there and, and they took the bodies down and they burnt them. But in 2 Samuel chapter 1, David receives the news of Saul, the death of Saul and his sons. And it's the third day of them coming back to Ziglag after their victory. And this messenger runs up and and he tells the story, and David's, oh, well, how did you know about this? How did you know Saul, and how, did you see him die? And the messenger boasted that he was the one that killed King Saul. And David turned to one of the young men that was in the room, and he says, I want you to fall upon this man right here. I want you to kill him. Why? It's because David once again knew not to touch God's anointed. But, but you see, Saul's dead now. Saul's dead. That doesn't matter. Will you mourn the death of the leader? And will you protect his memory? David went into sorrow over the, the death of Saul and his sons. David, I, I, I know you didn't touch God's anointed. David, I know you didn't participate with others in the attempt. And yeah, okay, you kind of waned a little bit about being submitted, but you got back on track. And yes, you kind of involved yourself in some other people's battles, but you got back on track. But now, David, here comes a crucial test. 
when the ones that seek your death, ones that are been, that have been chasing you, that's been attacking you, that's been causing you problems, but is still God's anointed, will you celebrate the fall or will you celebrate the death of that leader or will you mourn? David, you're anointed to be king, but you're also anointed to mourn and to have compassion. You're anointed to be king, but you're also anointed to honor those that have gone on before you. You may not have agreed with them. You may not even really liked them, but you're anointed to uphold the heritage that you have been given. Then we come to 2 Samuel chapter 2 that we read at the beginning. God told him, go up into Hebron. And then 2 Samuel 2 and verse 4. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. God has his hand upon your life. And God has anointed you for a purpose. But there is a journey that you have to take. There are some tests that you have to pass. There are some lessons you have to learn. There are victories that must be won. And when we are looking toward the fulfillment of the promise, when we are looking for that, whatever that is, there's going to be time between. It's not going to be a 10-minute read. There's going to be time there. There's going to be some tests there. And that anointing that you have received, that calling, that, that uh, hand of God upon your life, is going to see you through it. But with it, you're going to be targeted. You're, you're going to have to learn how to go to the house of God, to run to the, the man of God, to learn how to hear the voice of God. You're going to have to learn how to mourn and to have compassion on other people. You're going to have to learn to not touch God's anointed, not to even be associated to it. Have to learn how to stay submitted to a leader that we sometimes just plain don't agree with. Because, see, submission can only be tested when you disagree with your leader. If you agree, it's not a matter about submission. You agree. It's when you disagree that's when true submission is tested. In this episode, to conclude this, my challenge is, is to remember the road to Hebron, to remember the road of the anointed man, that you are called. God does have his hand upon your life. But that anointing comes with a price. And we, both you and I, have to face these challenges head on. Are we going to be perfect? Absolutely not. We're going to slip up, trip up, make this mistake? Absolutely. But we have to keep trucking along. We have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Because this journey is something that we are destined to take. 
Don't get discouraged when you feel like sometimes your leader is against you. Don't feel discouraged when you feel targeted by the enemy. Don't feel discouraged when you feel like there's something chasing you again and again and again over time. Don't get discouraged when you sometimes feel alone and you don't know what path to take. Don't get discouraged when you feel like you got out of line or this didn't fit right or you know you made a mistake on this. Get back up. As David, he grabbed that ephod and he put it right back on as though he's always been wearing the ephod. He grabbed it up and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so my challenge here is this. Wherever you are right now, take a moment, grab the ephod and ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? He will direct your footsteps. It may be a pause. It may be a step back, a step to the side, a step forward, or just to stay right where you're at. But Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I don't want to miss my appointment in Hebron. I don't want to miss the ministry and the fulfillment of that calling that you have placed on my life. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you that's listening to this. And sorry that it took two episodes to get through it, but hopefully this has blessed you, that it is ministered to you as it is ministered to me. And we will see you next time.